the fan. Need your soccer reach scratched? Ooh, yes, that's the spot. Look at this guy, so hopped up on goofballs and grass, he's got no idea what's going on. It's time to go inside the crew. Here's Neil Sika and Jordan Angeli. Good Tuesday to everyone out in Crew Nation. Another week of games, and another chance to talk to you from our phones. We're <laughs> giving away all Neil our and Jordan on ITC, how you doing? Yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> I lost count a long time ago how long we've been doing this remotely. Oh, too long. I can't wait to be in the studio with Bodie again. Hang it. Bodie or Chops. <laughs> Whoever. Just together. Colin, whoever rotates in. It's like using the depth off the bench if you're Caleb Porter. We've got a host of I see what you did producers there. that do a great job. Yes. <laughs> the crew will look to get back to their winning ways tomorrow night. They've got a big game against one of the upstarts in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia Union, we're going to talk about that. Got a lot to get to. Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer. You may know him as the goalkeeper. All you soccer fans out there on Twitter. Lots of good media information as well over the last few years. Fatai Lache, one of the new acquisitions in the last two weeks, along with Emmanuel Boateng, Grant Lillard, is going to make his show debut. He made his 100th appearance. Jordan, no goals over the last week. The defense still looks rock solid. There wasn't a lot given, but for the crew, it's about getting this attack, this offense back in rhythm and uh, finding a groove again. Yeah, I think there are two very different games, but two games where you can see the pieces are still there for the crew. And sometimes it just doesn't go your way. And I don't think that's anything to get too overly concerned about because when, when I'm watching it and I'm analyzing the game, I'm still seeing some really good things that the Columbus crew have been doing over the past couple games. Right. And that will be maybe some home creature comforts coming into play for them, at least yeah. playing at Moffray the next couple of games. Philadelphia tomorrow, then another Hell is Real on Sunday. We'll touch on that a little bit in the last segment. We've also got your questions on Twitter. So a lot to get to, but first, man who only had to come up in his latest trade. He's been traded twice in his career, but the most recent, just got to drive up by 71, 90 minutes. That's easy for Fatai Lache making his show debut. Our guest is one of the newest additions to the Black and Gold's 100th MLS appearance against his former club, although a brief tenure with FC Cincinnati. He's a Midwest boy. Hatai Lache on Inside the Crew, his debut. And we say hello. How you doing, Fatai? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Fatai, I've got to go back to where you were drafted. You're drafted to the Earthquakes, so I have to know as – Somebody that went to Santa Clara was La Vix, your favorite place to get Mexican food. I actually lived across the street from La Vix at one point for about a year and a half. So um, I definitely made a few stops in there. (laughs) The orange sauce, man. It is just, oh yeah, it'll get you. Different level. (laughs) Already going into the gourmet mode with uh, Jordan (laughs) Fatai Elashe here on Inside the Crew. 100th appearance, 
San Jose, a lot of good games there, a lot of good days. Rookie of the year, runner-up, scored the first goal at Avaya Stadium, get traded to Cincinnati, a brief stint here. Have you kind of caught up to speed and your comfortability now as you've uh, joined Columbus coming up I-71 and uh, just your overall thoughts on you're making your crew debut? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was definitely a bit of a process. I mean, it's always difficult when you're, you know, moving around. Um, you know, you're kind of trying to focus as much as possible on just playing, stuff like that. Um, but obviously there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes as well as far as like, I mean, for for about a week and a half I was commuting from Cincinnati, so that was tough. Um, and then um, I finally found a place uh, about a week ago as well, so – um it's been hard i finally got myself moved up here um so i'm definitely starting to settle in a bit more um but it was it was good to finally you know get the first one under my belt and um you know now hopefully i can focus on more to come in the future man commuting that's a i know it's not that far away but it gives you some time to think about everything huh yeah for (laughs) sure yeah lots Uh, lots of lots of hours spent in my car right (laughs) For you, making your debut, there was a moment, too, where you got into a little bit of a collision and you looked up and um, you were surrounded by not only new teammates, but old teammates as well. Was that a, a yeah. moment where you're like, what's happening? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a bit weird, you know. I mean, it it's crazy because, we, you know, we played them so soon after I've left. So, you know, obviously I'm still close with a, a few of the boys on the team. So, um uh, it was it was a funny feeling, you know, them asking me, like, oh, are you good? You good? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, you know. But then you realize, like, oh, you know, these aren't my teammates. You know? like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be fighting these guys, you know. Um, so it was a fun little dynamic. And then, of course, it was nice, you know, after the game to see them and chat with them for a little bit. So it was a cool, cool moment for sure. Pattaya Alashe with us on Inside the Crew. Of course, there's also got to be a little bit of – comfortability or the fact that you knew Andrew Tarbell from your days in San Jose and he's (laughs) settled in here and obviously done very well in the Aloy room absence with injury. Yep. Yeah, no, I knew Tarbell back in San Jose. Um, Obviously I know he's a really good goalkeeper. Um, So I'm sure the team was in great hands, you know, when he stepped in, Um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, is comfortable back there. I think he makes his teammates comfortable as well. Um, he's a calming presence there. Um, you know, so I think, uh, he did a really good job stepping in and I think, uh, if his number is called again, he'll, he'll do the same. Ty, it was a heavy week in the world and the crew didn't have a a midweek game, but we saw some teams not playing a midweek game, uh, in the statements from MLS, from players, from black players for change. Just talk a little bit about what this week was like for you guys as a team and how you found a way to come together as a team and also perform on the weekend because that's a lot of emotions that you had to sort yourselves through. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you said, we didn't have a game on, on that day. Um, so we didn't end up, uh, you know, missing a game. But um, there was something we talked about. We talked about it that morning. Um, before training as a team um I think it was important you know that we didn't just kind of brush it under the rug we addressed it um spoke in a in a group about in the group about it um and then you know we really just 
um, tried to focus back in on, on the weekend, even though it was kind of up in the air, um, what was going to happen. Um, but I think it was, like I said, just important that, um, you know, that, that we, we took the time uh, out of the day to just like come together and speak quickly about it and, and, and not just like kind of brush it to the side. I think that for me at least was important. Um, and it gave me a good feeling in the group. And then obviously we set our sights back to the, the game on, on Saturday against Cincinnati. So that was, um, something that we, we tried to focus on as much as possible and just live in the moment. And you never knew it was going to happen come the weekend, but, um, obviously we ended up playing the game. So it worked out. For Ty Lache with us here on Inside the Crew, it's so important to continue to have these social justice discussions. Unfortunately for you, you've been going over that the last couple of months with some scenarios in Cincinnati that I'm sure were uncomfortable. So it's it's right at the forefront yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. I've spent time talking about that. Um, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. It's in the past, but um, like you said, I think it's important that we just continue dialogues um, in groups and families and groups of friends, stuff like that. Um, keep those conversations going. Um, keep the momentum going because there's, you know, there's a lot happening right now. Um, you know, it's in the news cycle right now. And I think it's important that, you know, we, like I said, we don't just like move on from this and move past it and things go back to the way they've been. Um, I think it's important that, um, you know, we, we start to see some real change and, um, you know, the more stuff that happens, um, it's a bit more eye opening for, for a lot of people, but a lot of people don't realize that like, this is the type of stuff that happens in the daily lives, uh, of people in this country. So, um, you know, it's important, like you said, um, we just need to keep, keep talking about it, um, make sure it's still at the forefront of people's minds and thoughts. And, um, you know, hopefully we can, we can create some change. Never a easy way to transition out of such a uh, topic as that, Mm -hmm. but focusing back on playing and being on the pitch, uh, growing up and being a player myself, I knew when I would was transferred to teams and traded to teams and there was a player there that I looked up to um, it always it inspired me a little bit to get to play alongside those types of players. Amy LaPelbit is one that I think of right away. For you, mm-hmm. is Darlington Nagme a player that you've watched play over the years? And uh, how excited are you to insert yourself in this midfield and get to learn amongst some of these players? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Darlington in particular. Of course, you know Darlington. He's, he's a star. He's the man. Um, you know, great player, great person as well. Um, so it's definitely exciting to um, to be able to play in the same team as him. I think, uh, like you say, he's a player that I've played against a few times, watched, and, you know, some of the stuff he's capable of is just uh, ridiculous, you know, like the goal he scored against Chicago, like just things like this. Um, you know, I, I, what I look at is I think it's it's a great opportunity. It's a cool chance for me to learn from him especially in training every day stuff like that um we were we were talking about it on the bench I was telling guys I was like I'm gonna learn how to do some of the stuff this guy does on the field in training like I'm just gonna watch him and just see the stuff that he does on a regular basis you know um so there's there's a few guys on the team like that like uh 
Uh, Jonah's one of them. I think he's a player with a big pedigree. You know, he's he's played in World Cups. That's something that, you know, as a football player, that's the pinnacle, you know. So that's someone that uh, you look up to and, you know, you try to learn from as possible. So I think, um, I think it'll be a good experience and um, something that I can take a lot out of. Fatai Alashe with us on Inside the Crew. A couple more minutes left, Fatai, and we'll have other conversations about getting to know you a little bit deeper. But growing mm-hmm. up in Northville, Michigan, and maybe not a soccer hotbed, but what is your <laughs> first memories of the game and your influences to uh, maybe saying, hey, there's something here for me to become a pro uh, down the line and, of course, follow through to Michigan State. But uh, what are your early memories and background in the game? Yeah, yeah. So um, my dad is actually the one that got me into playing soccer. Me and my older brother, two years older than me. So, um, you know, we played against each other all the time growing up, you know, whether in the backyard or just in the house, probably um, probably not making my dad too happy, breaking stuff in the house, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, that was something that um, <clears throat> for me was really important. Um, I learned a lot from my dad and from my brother. Um and it was nice for me being able to grow up with him two years older than me. So I would get to play with his teams a lot, um, whether that's just like in training or stuff like that. So I think I learned a lot playing against guys that were older than me all the time. Um, you know, you kind of, you learn how to work with what you have, you know, usually they're going to be faster than you, stronger than you, bigger than you. So you kind of have to, to adjust and to, you know, figure it out on the fly. So that was nice. Um, and then just growing up, I played for, a few teams and a few club teams in Michigan. Um, but the last thing I played for was Vardar. So um, playing in the Academy, um, getting to go to all like the showcases and stuff like that was really nice. You know, you're playing against the top talent. You have uh, eyes on you, coaches watching you. So, um, you know, that was all important. And I think that was kind of the start of, you know, you know, when you're trying to create that pathway to become a pro, um, that's where it all started. And then obviously going to Michigan state helped me a lot. You know, the coaching staff there was really important, um, in my career. Um, and they kind of helped mold me into, uh, the player I am today. Well, you can't, dad can't get mad at you. If you're breaking things in the house, you say, I'm getting better dad, right? I'll break less things as I get older. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It didn't usually go like that, but I try try to make up excuses. (laughs) If I start singing on the banks of the Red Cedar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. That's you just go, for you. you. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> We're big, I'm a Big Ten guy, man. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Great stuff, Fatai. Very pertinent conversation. We look forward to continuing that with you down the road. We look forward to watching you play in black and gold. Congrats on Appearance 100. And thanks for doing the show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Yeah, thank you. The Ty Lache, new midfielder for your Columbus crew. When we come back, Philadelphia Union perspective. There's a game tomorrow night as this phase one continues. ITC 97 won the fan. If it's Buckeye football you crave, you've come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. All soccer, all the time. This is Inside the Crew with Neil Sika and Jordan Angeli. Your look at all things black and gold. Proud to be your flagship home for the Columbus crew. The 
fan. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man. We were just talking about this at the break, it was timed perfectly. I said, I know you're going to pick the Hall of Notes music for this week. And you took it and ran with it. Here we go. Lots of good choices. Right? Tomorrow, speaking of Philadelphia artists, the Union are in town. 7.30 kick. 7 o'clock pregame, crew live, Fox Sports Ohio, right here on the fan with Chris Doran. Let's head out to Philly now. Jonathan Tannenwald, known as The Goalkeeper on Twitter, your soccer media source throughout the landscape and also covering the union over the last several years, joins us for the first time on this show. How are you doing, Jonathan? It's a pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks very much, Jordan. I can't believe it's been over a year already since we were all running around France. I guess the time actually does progress these days. I know. I feel like we should be eating croissants and sipping some nice French wine as we do this because that was the life. That feels like a whole lifetime ago, really, when you talk about what happened so far in 2020. But um, for you, you have been covering Philadelphia Union for a number of years now. And really, I've tuned into them over the last couple of years and just their transformation. For Can you talk to the crew people that are listening to this about what's happened in Philly over the last couple of years and how they've really become this perennial team in the East that has uh, been at the top of the table? Well, I think the most credit is due to uh, Ernst Tanner, their current sporting director, who really has come in with a clear vision of what he wants to do and also to his credit and ability to go to the team ownership and say, hey, here are the players who I want. I know they're good because you look at his resume of where he's worked over the years in the past at Red Bull Salzburg and Hoffenheim and other places, and you can say, look, I have this track record of succeeding. Give me the players I want, and I can succeed here too. And I don't know that he's gotten every single player that he wants because, look, if we all had a lot more money for teams in MLS, we'd spend it on better players, right? But, uh, look, he's, he knows what he wants. He's gone out and gotten those players. He's done a pretty darn good job, I think. And he gets, he gets the most credit. I mean, he's the guy who sort of installed the tactical philosophy in all this. And he was – he came, as I mentioned, he, he came out of Hoffenheim in Germany and then the Red Bull organization over in Europe with, with Salzburg and Austria in particular – of course, also, he knows a lot of the people at Leipzig. He, he told me once uh, earlier this year that he probably knows half the coaches in the Bundesliga because half, because so many of them came out of that oh. sort of school of, of thought and playing with counter-pressing and all that stuff. And as I sort of alluded to, too, the other part of it is they've got good players. And that's what matters most. Uh, Jamiro Montero is a really terrific player. And Kai Wagner, the left back, although I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow because he's injured, is a really terrific player. And and Uh Kasper Shabilko is a goal scorer. And and Tanner's gone out and found these guys and fit them in and, you know, shown that he's got the knack for scouting and, and, 
look, would it be great if you'd go out and buy a, you know, a Joseph Martinez or a, you know, Julian Carranza or somebody like that, of course. But he, he's gone out and done pretty well. Jonathan Tannenwald, Philadelphia Inquirer, our guest here on Inside the Crew. Union in town tomorrow. They're unbeaten in seven games. They're in the semifinals of the MLS's back tournament. They've been to two Open Cup finals in the last six years. Of course, Brendan Aronson, his name hits the rumor mill about possible overseas transfer. He's developing Mark McKenzie. But speaking of development, let's talk about the head coach, Jim Curtin, who many, even maybe a few years ago, would have considered him a placeholder reluctant to maybe give him an extension. How have you seen him develop as a head coach and control this group of players that seem to be uh, all in on what he's providing them? Well, they're definitely all in on him, that's for sure. And, you know, Jim's biggest strength is his ability to work with people in the locker room. He he will tell you that he's not the greatest tactician in the history of mankind, but he's, he's a better tactician than he used to be. Um, Ernst Tanner sort of writes the playbook, quote-unquote, and, and Jim's charge is to execute, and he does it very well. And he's very good at listening to the guys in the locker room, having an open mind, and he's obviously been very outspoken about a lot of political and social issues, which has rubbed some people in this town the wrong way, but it's also rubbed a lot of people in this town the right way. And it's certainly, he's got, he, it, you know, his players are on board with it because they all believe it. And at a time like this, that matters a lot. And you got, you know, it's interesting to me because I'll, I'll contrast it with his predecessor, John Hackworth, even though it was a while, quite a while ago now. Hackworth had his guys in the locker room who listened to him and believed in him, but he also had a lot of guys who didn't. And some of the guys who didn't were some of the more higher-priced international signings who would be, who is, you know, sort of, who is this guy? And the American guys all knew who he was because he, you know, coached U.S. youth teams and so on and so forth. Jim's got all the guys, you know, sort of in his corner, including the international guys who come in who, who like him. And that's not a given I don't think in this league. I mean, look, you need to look no further than Frank DeBoer down in Atlanta, who right. could not get the, you know, uh, Pity Martinez and Barco and some of the other guys really on his side. Um, but Jim's done that, and I think that's very much discredited. Neil, you've been, all three of us have been around this league more than long enough. I mean, I remember when, when Jim was a player you know, in sure. Chicago and at Chivas USA and was a locker room leader and a stalwart of the players union. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got, he's, he's taken that knowledge and understanding of working in the locker room to being a coach and the guys respect that and, and they listen to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Make great point. He's, he's around Bob Bradley and Jesse Marsh all those years too. So I'm sure it's right. played big influence. And Jesse's yeah. still one of his best friends. Which is right. kind of kind of humorous. We all make jokes about it over here all the time because you're not supposed to be close friends with anybody in the Red Bull organization in this town, you know. But, um, <laughs> but uh, they are, and it's it's uh, you know you look around the league too. Chris Armas is another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and you know Ben Olsen was a contemporary in terms of playing. Robin Fraser, I believe, was a, te- a contemporary in terms of playing. That era of guys are now managers in the league, and a lot of them are doing pretty well. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that you hone in on that because it is so true, something that I've noticed. But I do – we've got a couple more minutes with you, about 90 seconds. Um, every time I see Brendan Aronson play in an MLS game, I feel like we're kind of lucky, right? Because – it feels like his time might be coming to an end here in this league. Do you think that that is a realistic thing that he will get sold to a European team pretty soon? Oh, yes. I don't know exactly when, but he's going to get sold for a couple of reasons. One is that um, the union are under some internal pressure to sell players. They want to prove that MLS can be a selling league. They want the money, obviously, that comes from that. Be sure. But they also genuinely believe in the virtue of developing and, excuse me, and selling players. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that's something that MLS, MLS has gotten the development part down. But as everybody under the sun has written, they haven't gotten the selling part down yet. And it's time. And the other reason why I think they're going to sell Aronson, to be honest with you, is he's really not a finished product yet. Right, exactly. And we've seen that with so many young players. Right. Mm -hmm. There are ample holes in his game. He's really good, don't get me wrong. But he knows as much as anybody what the things are that he still has to improve. So if somebody comes in with a $5 million check, of course you take it. Because he's not a finished product yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Could be the model franchise with all those young homegrown players going forward. I know Dallas has also taken that mantle so far and the Red Bulls as well. Jonathan Tannenwald, great information and insight as always. Look forward to seeing you. We'll still read you, but look forward to seeing you sooner rather than later. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, it's yeah, my thanks, pleasure. Thanks, Anytime. When we come back, we'll take your Twitter questions. And get you ready for the rest of the action this week in Major League Soccer. Inside the crew, 97 on the fan. This is Ohio State basketball coach Chris Holman on your home for Buckeye basketball, the fan. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. News analysis and all things black and gold. This is Inside the Crew with Neil Sika and Jordan Angeli. Proud to be your flagship station for crew soccer. The band. Ohio Sports Destination. No one sings country music. I struggled a little bit with country music from Philadelphia. But Taylor Swift, if you if you drop right, back because they know not to play stuff. it. Yes, she is. She is. She is definitely from the PA. Yeah, her old stuff is a little bit more country, so I had to tap into that. But there Talk it is. about the evolution of a pop star there. Yeah. That is true. Thanks to Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer for coming on. Of course, he brought up 
Jim Curtin and the union locker room and how poignant they've been in their social justice discussions. They had a seminal moment with the names of victims on their jerseys for their first MLS's back game. You heard earlier in the show from Fatia Lache. That conversation, of course, will continue. We know last week before the game uh, on the weekend against Cincinnati, there was the five MLS games that were postponed. No sign yet of when they will resume as they join in with the NWSL, not the NWSL, the WNBA, the NBA, and as well as uh, Major League Baseball. So we'll continue to have those discussions. We're also going to have discussions with your Twitter questions right now. 7.30 tomorrow, Philadelphia. That's on Fox Sports Ohio. Sports Time Ohio on Sunday, 7.30, FC Cincinnati. We could go in. We're not going to really go into great detail. You know what FC Cincinnati is going to do with it. And Jordan, they will have to fend off a packed defense as you will have to fend off that phone ringing in the background. Yeah, sometimes you just got to try to cancel that. People know this is radio time. You can't be calling me right now. (laughs) That's right. So I think Caleb Porter even said it the other day. It's going to be a bit of a different game when they come up here Mm -hmm. uh, on the weekend. So another rivalry match right around the corner. But this is a huge game tomorrow. Let's make no mistake about it. Philadelphia... I think many picked them as a dark horse to win the MLS's back tournament. And in a year like this, they're strong in goal again. Blake's having a nice redemption season. We just talked with Mm -hmm. Jonathan about all the players they've got. Uh, They could make a very deep run uh, based on the mechanics of their outfit to, who knows, contend for an MLS cup. Yeah, I... You know, I, I just don't really get if you're a dark horse when you had a good season the year before. Like, what what qualifies you to be a dark horse? Because they're a good team. Like, there's nothing dark right. about what they're doing. And, and no, I'm not, I'm think, not. I think in, in comparison to those that come in as the heavy favorites, right? Yeah. Like, like an Atlanta, LAFC or LAFC. an NYC, right? Yeah. But that's that. This is my point. Is and it's not you. Like, I've heard this from a lot of people. This Philly team is solid. And they have a lot of really good pieces. And not only that, they believe in the system that they're playing in this 4-4-2, diamond in the middle, a lot of players in that midfield area who can solve problems. And um, not only that, but I think their two front runners are really interested in, interesting in their movement to pull, pull defenders out of spaces that they then want to occupy with another run. And a lot of that times that run is Brendan Aronson, who we talked to Jonathan Tannewald about. So... Yeah, I think this is the best team that the crew have played yet this year. And I think it's going to be the best game that we see from both of these squads because it will be open and they like, both teams like open games. They like to be able to possess and figure out ways to get through the lines. One thing is for sure, the home trends in this recent rivalry, like the crew have dominated at home in Columbus they won 2 nothing mm-hmm. in September. Philly was competing for first-round bye. Philadelphia has made life miserable on recent trips to Talent Energy Stadium for the crew. And there's this wild stat in terms of playing on a Wednesday, a midweek game. Now, granted, oh, they've gosh. been in Philly, but it's just been disastrous. Now, I'm not saying that's coming into play tomorrow. Crew, right. I think, are in, in need of a bounce-back game and to get this attack um, 
with some hustle and flow, with some G love and special sauce. There's a little Philly reference for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Good work. You're looking for Pedro Santos to score instead of Sergio Santos. So I, yeah. I'm really intrigued by tomorrow's game. I think it'll be good. Seven o'clock pregame. Yeah. Fox Sports Ohio, seven thirty kick, seven fifteen here on the fan with Chris Dorn. Got a few more minutes in this segment. Where are all you uh Twitterati out there? Crew Nation. Yeah, I don't know. Tapping into your We're, questions a little bit earlier, but not too much earlier. So I've got one for you, Jordan. And it's a good one. Oh, okay. Okay. Adam Porter at Hey Look a Turtle on Twitter. <laughs> I struggled to figure out our tour's role when the crew had possession against FCC. What, in your opinion, is the best way to have him involved on offense, whether dealing with an FCC low block or in what could be an open game tomorrow, as we were just talking about? Good question. Yeah, great question. Number one, Adam Porter, your Twitter handle is so funny. It's like, hey, look, a squirrel. Like, I wonder if that has a reference to that. So that made me giggle. Thank you for that. Um, you struggled to figure out our tour's role. Well, you have to, I keep saying over and over again, it is so difficult to break down a low block, especially the way that FCC was playing. And so I think people, looked at the game and thought people didn't perform well on the crew. Players didn't perform well on the crew. And I don't think that's the truth of the matter. I think that our tour had a lot of good recovery runs and he played some good, had some good defensive moments and there he kept possession in the attacking half, but it's hard because our tour wants a little bit of space so he can one, two with players. He can make that run in behind. And it was something that I had noted Neil early in the game is that, I feel like if the crew could pull some of their center backs out in that run with from Giassi or from Santos, that Artur was going to want to run in behind and fill that gap. And he did it a couple times. But then FCC just hunkered in a little bit tighter and didn't allow for that. So I don't think you can say he had a poor game or like what you struggled to figure out his role. His role was to keep possession and try to figure out how to break down the this really low block. And sure. it was a struggle for everybody, right? It wasn't just him. Um, and I don't think his role is going to look anything like it did on Saturday tomorrow because tomorrow's game is going to be completely different. In my I opinion. agree. Yes. Yeah. And if you look, look at the Minnesota game, if we're talking about the crew and mobility and fluidity and attack, Minnesota game, Cincinnati game, teams that have bunkered and you look at the passing graph and they call it zone 14 right above the penalty arc where you can really break, make plays, create chances and how open that was. It was essentially a black hole for the team. So as you were speaking of dragging center backs out or those holding midfielders that are sitting in case in point, what Orlando did to Minnesota in the MLS's Mm -hmm. back tournament and got Osvaldo Alonso moving from side to side, dragging him out. That's where they need to unlock a little bit more. And it goes back to what you were saying on Saturday, being quicker in the play. You know, I think there's still a transition element for Columbus that we haven't seen at full capacity either. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested to see what wingers they employ tomorrow. Luis Diaz was given the weekend off. There's a lot of chess pieces um, that I'm sure they're working on. And they know this. Right one of the harder things to do and yeah but with that defense that they have they're going to be in every game and they're going to win more yes than they exactly so great point you hope that they get it going uh tomorrow and it's a good time to do it against a really good 
opponent. I took that segue so the Hooters can let I'm us dance in the break. That was a and good, we come time, back. good timing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we wrap up the show on Inside the Crew 97 minutes. Serving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The Fan, Ohio Sports Desk. Your in-depth look at the black and gold. You're listening to Inside the Crew with Neil Sika and Jordan Angeli. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus Crew, The Fan. Yeah. It seemed appropriate. Not gold, but close enough. That's very good. Very perceptive of you. Even Wiz is a crew fan. But we'll have to ask him. Send him a tweet, (laughs) see if he responds. Back here for the final moments on... This first day of September, my goodness. Yeah, what? I saw leaves changing colors, and I was like, what's happening? It's still Foliage, fall foliage. Right? But it is that time. I feel like summer just didn't happen because it's been so strange. Right. Well, we hope you do get to enjoy your Labor Day weekend, everyone out there. No fans tomorrow. At Mafre, 250 family and perhaps close support staff, I think, are allowed in the building. The decision for Sunday's game against FC Cincinnati, there's talk maybe still of 1,500 people with the governor's orders that could be in the mix. So they're still evaluating that a little closer on the weekend. I think they'd love to put some people in the seats if you're up for it safely to come out and support the team and hell is real. Yeah. I think they'd love to do that. And I think people would like to come and absolutely, especially be a part of that rivalry game. You get it. Some people, some of you out there are still playing it close to the vest and that is fine. Yeah. Completely, completely understand that, but I'm sure there are some out there that would love to see their crew play. So you got two home games this week. Crew gear, crew shop is open Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 to 2, for exclusive merchandise bundles and the latest and greatest in crew fashion. You probably watched earlier today the in-match experience virtual town hall, starring yours truly and Steve Lyons. (laughs) Crewstadium.com, get the latest and most up-to-date information. I learn something new every time we do one of those shows, and it's great. Jordan, you and I, and Chris, and uh, Juan, Spanish radio play-by-play, we got a, a look at the stadium and how it's coming together last week, and it was, your excitement continues to build. Like When there's actual, brick and mortar is there, but when you start to see the little elements, now the roof and the canopy is coming about, it's, it's uh-huh. great to see, it's exciting. Yeah, even from when we went last week to this week, the half like almost half of the roof on the west side there is almost the canopy is almost 
mm-hmm. completed where it was just one little section we were there. It's crazy how quickly they're working. All of your crew information at Columbus Crew SC on Twitter, Instagram, and in Facebook, ColumbusCrewSC.com. It is Kick Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So we'll have our pins and scarves tomorrow. Always an important crusade for the league and something that's been well done through the years. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that there, if you tweet using that hashtag, they are donating money. I'm trying to get the exact amount of money. That's, I think it's donation per tweet, right? Yes. Yeah. So tweet your message of hope to inspire pediatric cancer patients during their fight. Share Hashtag kick childhood cancer through the end of September and continental tire will donate $25 to COG org, which is children oncology group organization for pediatric cancer research. Wow. $25. Let's go. Let's do some. Let's go. Well, and not only that, but you've got the pillar, the alpha dog of leading this crusade. Three-time Humanitarian of the Year and Matt Lampson on the roster Mm -hmm. dealing with this very thing. So if it's close to home here in Columbus, that is shared everywhere. Yeah. Want to send some support and well wishes. J.P. Delacamera is often on this show when we preview the Philadelphia Union. He was on earlier. His wife was dealing with a bout of COVID-19. She's in the hospital for five days. But she's out. She's recovering. So we wish our best to JP and the missus. Yeah, uh, glad to hear absolutely. that she's on the road to recovery. Full healing for her, JP. We send our our love. That's right. Our love to Crew Nation. We love you out there. We wish you could be at the game tomorrow. It's yeah. a big one, Philadelphia. It is seven thirty. Crew 5, 1, and 2. The Union are 4, 1, and 3. Looking forward to this one. Looking forward to being back at the stadium, Jordan. And that's where I'll see you next. Yeah. Yep, it'll be nice. Thank you guys for listening. It's been a, it's been fun previewing it. And hopefully we'll give you a good show tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it. Bang on the drum all day. I'm going to get my <laughs> drum set out of storage. Oh, my gosh. You have a drum set Little Todd to your neighbors. No, not here. We already got enough construction. It makes enough news. <laughs> Thank you to Fatia Lache for coming on. Jonathan Tannenwald, Philadelphia Inquirer. You for listening. Your questions. Tomorrow, 7.30, 7 o'clock, Fox Sports Ohio Crew Live. Crew in Philly. Chris Doran here, 7.15, with the pregame coverage in your radio home for the black and gold. Cody Wells at the controls. Thank you, sir. We will talk to you next week after this homestand of Philly and Cincinnati. Until then, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Be well. And go crew. Have a good night. Go crew. Inside the crew. Good night, everybody. favorite fan shows are available when you want them. Head to 971thefan.com and hit that subscribe button. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus.